The Apartment Rebellion will not be televised. Resident experience will be more than a buzzword. Staff experience will finally matter. It's happening right now. It's in the hands of the doers, the innovators, the boundary pushers, who are moving the industry forward, just like the people on this show. This is the Apartment Rebels podcast, hosted by Flamingo CEO Jude Chi. Welcome, friends of the rebellion, and may the force be with you. Welcome, everyone, to uh, the latest episode of Flamingo's Resident Experience and Engagement podcast. I'm so excited today because we have Elizabeth Williams, uh, the Director of Marketing um, at Tricap Residential. Um, so got connected with uh, Elizabeth because she was actually a reference for someone that we recently hired. <laughs> and uh, we got into a really good uh, conversation and she mentioned a few things that I thought would be really beneficial uh, for, re- uh, for listeners, especially around resident engagement. So at Tricap, Instead of property managers, they actually have engagement managers. And I'll like, uh, let Elizabeth kind of talk more about that uh, in a few minutes. But Elizabeth, welcome. Um, so as a quick overview, she is currently the director of marketing at Tricap Residential Group. Um, she's based out of Chicago, previously was the VP of marketing at Newcastle, also known as Reside Living. Uh, so Elizabeth, welcome to our latest episode. Thanks, Jude. Happy to be here. Okay. Great. Um, So I'll kind of start with where I always start, which is like, what got you into property management? Because you've definitely been in the industry for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. you you blink and you're, you can say you've been doing this for 15 years, but I feel like I'm 15 sometimes. Uh, I my industry story is kind of funny. It's Mm-hmm. Super, uh, totally fell into it. I know you probably mm-hmm. hear that a lot. Um, that's yeah. something that's so great about our industry. I, uh, native of Colorado, um, mm-hmm. I moved here right out of college. Well, a year after college, after Sea mm-hmm. Boulder, and my uh, boyfriend at the time, I ended up marrying him. Got into law school oh, here wow. in Chicago and in Congrats. other places. <laughs> yeah, and he. <laughs> In, in other cities. And I just kind of had my head in the clouds. Like, I don't really know what I want to do. Um, we could dive into like the pressure we put on 18 year olds when they leave the nest and have to <laughs> choose, you know, their career path. So funny enough, I'm actually a, uh, international affairs major. So that's like, oh, econ, wow. it's like econ and poli sci. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't, I think seeing him take the LSATs and a, get ready for life as an attorney. It mm-hmm. just, it, it, it just wasn't my thing. And yeah. my family has a real estate background. My mom has uh, been in the mortgage industry since she moved to Colorado in the seventies. And my dad had his own uh, renovation contract business. Mm-hmm. So I was always around real estate. My favorite aunt and uncle bought up a bunch of great real estate in Colorado that are now like some of the most sought after neighborhoods. Uh, they oh, saw wow. potential in those neighborhoods. So it's, it's not that surprising that I fell into it, but we were looking at apartments in San Francisco, Chicago, uh, and eventually we would have had headed to New York. We knew we wanted to live in a mm-hmm. big city and five years, whatever, you know, and we, we just fell in love with Chicago. So we were looking at apartments. We, this is 2006. 
And it was still kind of old school, Jude. You, you, mm-hmm. you made your list and you called and you made appointments. How we have evolved, which I know you and I will go into <laughs> further. I mean, my God, have we evolved? Thank goodness. Yep. Um, but we, we went into this old building from, uh, I of course fell in love with the idea of living in a old historic high rise because they don't really exist in Denver. There's low rise buildings downtown, but they weren't necessarily residential. And the name of the building is the Fisher building. And it's, oh, a Dan- it's a, yeah, it's a Daniel Burnham building. So I was yeah. kind of, I actually had worked for an architect a little bit in college. Mm-hmm. So, and he always talked about Daniel Burnham. So we, it was totally above our price range. And mm-hmm. just by total happenstance, the regional at Village Green happened to be covering the site over the weekend because her property manager, leasing consultant, they all got the flu. So they oh, needed, wow. so she happened to be there and she asked me, well, what are you going to do? And I had saved enough money for us to, you know, cover rent for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I had a ton of interviews scheduled here in Chicago. And she was like, well, we are about to start. We just started construction on a lease up that's about four blocks away from here. We called MDA City Apartments. Oh, wow. Have you ever, have you ever done, yeah, have you ever done <laughs> leasing? And I was like, no. I, she, she was like, you kind of have a good personality for this. So I went home, applied. They called me. I interviewed with people. So Kind of similar today, had virtual interviews, except they were all over the phone and not via Zoom. And they were like, yeah, we want to take a chance on you. And I was at Village Green for almost nine and a half years. I gave them my 20s, as I say. Mm -hmm. It was the best. I loved the experience and moved up pretty quickly. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's my multifamily inception story wow i feel like i hear that a lot where Mm -hmm. no one graduates from college and it's like yeah i'm gonna go into the real estate or the property management industry it's always by accident i know i've had i've spoken with at least two people who have something very similar either they were looking for an apartment or something else and someone on site was like hey you have a good personality i think you can do this you're very much of a people person i know <laughs> what do you know about leasing and you're like not much but i'll figure it out yep. yeah <laughs> yeah I, and now you know there's there's schools that have property management mm-hmm. degrees which is really cool like ball state is one yeah. of them uh mm-hmm. they have a phenomenal program so as i i moved up in my career HR and, you know, hiring managers were Mm -hmm. definitely targeting the school. Like, could you imagine you get somebody that already knows what NOI is, you know, like ROI, like every acronym in our world, they already have some sort of, you know, semblance of what that is and can apply it. But that doesn't, what's, what I love about this industry is that it, it goes back to what you said. There's, there's something about a personality, a, a, there's, there mm-hmm. is a gut feeling and it is, it's more based on your innate skills versus mm-hmm. what you ultimately will learn. I think, um, yeah. that's just what my, in my experience and the growth that I've had in this industry. And I've been pretty loyal to three companies, um, mm-hmm. in that span uh, just because i'm my my brain's like a sponge i just learn about the company learn about (laughs) the brand and just take it all in and 
mm-hmm. the, the marketing side definitely was where I knew I wanted to stay on mm-hmm. that path. So I guess um, one of my, you know, biggest, my, my advice to the listeners that are either mm-hmm. new in this industry or maybe just feel stuck in the role that they're in, the opportunities in multifamily, when you think about mm-hmm. all the different roles on site and corporate, mm-hmm. we have communications, we have marketing, we have PR, um, we have obviously anything on the service team uh, and the skills needed for different levels there. The financial side, the accounting side, there are so many different there are major companies that only do one of those things. We're in an industry where you can kind of test the waters of many different types of things to see what you're good at. I just knew the operations um, in the traditional sense, which is I'm I'm excited Mm -hmm. for us to jump into the distinctions that TriCap has made for our people. Uh, yeah. like the, the traditional property manager, Jude of the day back in the day and still exists today mm-hmm. was not something that appealed to me. Yeah. So kind of interesting then you, so you started off in the leasing side mm-hmm. and then completely moved up to, uh, marketing. So what about the operation side or what about like the, yeah, just like the more operations side did not appeal to you. I would say Village Green was pretty progressive at the time. Mm-hmm. They there were opportunities to continue growing on the sales mm-hmm. side that ultimately the sales call it pipeline always led mm-hmm. into the marketing communications department. And I totally agree with that. There's a different mindset. Uh, they, they call it attracting prospects mm-hmm. versus that fight to keep a resident. <laughs> yes, yeah. there is uh, there that dichotomy definitely exists. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, an upset resident because you, mm-hmm. they haven't paid their rent. And, you know, I'm a highly empathetic person, yeah. but I, I <laughs> may be too empathetic where you need to, yeah. you know, lay down the law a little bit and be like, you, yeah. You know, we've got to be fair to everyone. You need to pay. So um, my operations uh, experience, I would say, Jude, would be that I am a very observant person. Like I told you, my brain, I don't know, I soak up a lot of facts and who knows, half the time they're useless. But I listened (laughs) and observed because I really cared about either if I I was on site or even corporate, just getting that Mm -hmm. full context so sure, were there times I had to step in and you know put on an operations hat, let's mm-hmm. say a property manager, and and again in the old old school model, typically leasing report the property manager is the GM, they're the general manager of the mm-hmm. entire business, uh, service reports to them, you know they're 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 the boss. Where mm-hmm. you know the industry is evolving, and I happen to be at a phenomenal place right now that is just they get that and they've got people in the right seats so yeah so lots to go a little bit more in depth on that so you left village green and then went to reside also in Mm -hmm. newcastle and now you are at tricap and very different model for how Mm -hmm. the teams are constructed 
yeah, we'd love to like know more about that. So from the engagement manager to what other roles they have and how that differs than what you've seen at other companies and at your previous companies. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So funny enough, today is my one year anniversary at TriCap. Oh, congrats. So, kind of <laughs> ironic. And I oh, spoken, so you started in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> I did. I did. And wow. that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's gotten good. I mean, we've got onboarding mm-hmm. virtually down pretty packed, mm-hmm. I would say. But we... What was so intriguing was one, it starts with our founder and CEO, Brian Pritchard. He's Mm -hmm. forward thinking. He's very entrepreneurial thinking as well. And he, you know, that traditional model of what we just talked about, you've got the property manager Mm -hmm. and then the teams that funnel down and that, that pressure to put on a property manager to be an expert in all those things, because that does come mm-hmm. with, you know, if you're going to be the boss of somebody, you need to know enough to be dangerous, right? Which I totally agree. Yeah. I think you need to be um, aware of what your team is doing and what your even your colleagues mm-hmm. are doing, which is something I just alluded to that I personally do, um, because I think it gives you a well-rounded picture of what's happening at a property. Mm-hmm. However, um, pre- pandemic, the leadership team at TriCap, they wanted to flip the script on multifamily. Hmm. Brian's not your typical CEO. And again, I'm going to speak in generalities because I know I've worked for some really cool CEOs too that Mm -hmm. are, um, that are forward thinking and definitely have their finger on the pulse. But Brian, he just, he really does listen to his team. It's, it's yeah, he's at the top of the food chain, you could say, right? Mm-hmm. But he really listens to his team and lets us deploy these kind of yeah. crazy ideas. Well, they're perceived as kind of crazy from others that are yeah. st- stuck in their ways in the old traditional multifamily way, which is what we just talked about. And mm-hmm. the thinking became the more and more the tech, the technology is finally caught up to multifamily and multi- you're you mm-hmm. sink or swim. And I mean, yeah. you, you started a, an app. I mean, like, this, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, we need these things because the audience, our prospects and residents, mm-hmm. they want to work with a company that is modern and has this stuff mm-hmm. so that they can, so their lives are easier. Right. So yeah. pre pandemic, the decision was made. They saw how stressed out property managers were. So TriCap a year and a half ago was in a more traditional model where there was a property manager, some leasing agents and, you know, so on and Mm -hmm. so forth. And the property manager was always the most wound up, stressed, working crazy hours. We make them be HR. They have to do pay. I mean, just think all the mm-hmm. tasks that a property manager has to do. It's inevitable that they tend to be the ones that burn out the fastest. Yeah. Um, they and they tend to be the most unhappy. Yeah. So the thinking was Brian brought together some of the best from all the best companies in multifamily, but had oh, wow. that. He, he did. Like my boss, for example, her name is Suzanne Hobson. She's a multifamily, mm-hmm. she, her crazy good reputation. She was even at um, uh, 
a training module uh, that we all mm-hmm. use called Grace Hill. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with Grace Hill. Yep. Yeah. So she just imagine, you know, the feedback that she had been on, even on the vendor side, but also was mm-hmm. a VP in many, many wonderful companies, um, including Marquette. Um, mm-hmm. Again, a, a more modern multifamily company. So long story short, the thinking was, well, let's recreate the roles. Let's have there be hyper focus on the customer. And therefore, the customer cycle was evaluated. So you've got the initial customer, which is the prospect, and then you've got the resident. So Mm -hmm. we don't call them leasing consultants. We started a role called sales managers, and Mm -hmm. they own the sales portion of of the, of the customer life cycle. So they do a kick-ass job getting these people Mm -hmm. loving the property, albeit virtually too, which we can dive into, which is really hard to do. Yeah. And then they hand it over to the engagement manager and the service team where they mix in is there's a service manager and it's, it's, it's pretty ingenious. So everyone has their hyper focus and then we are an EOS company. So we host, um, they're called L10 meetings where Mm -hmm. you, we joke around it's custom discussed. They meet enough where kind of those broad general things, but they all affect each other like a market Mm -hmm. ready. The salesperson needs a market ready. The engagement manager needs the apartment to look good so that when they make that yeah. introduction to the community and TriCap, that you start on the right foot with the move in. And mm-hmm. yeah, then service, obviously that puts a lot of pressure on them to make sure that the product looks good. And that's, that's just yeah. one example of how they need to meet very frequently to make sure that everyone's on the same page. They're actually called same page mm-hmm. meetings too. So wow. yeah, it's, it's full transparency. Our, our, Number one core value is trust first. We have to. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, then you got to go because yeah. we have to trust that our team members are going to do their hyper focused, their department and their responsibilities, mm-hmm. their theirs. So when you think about that, that totally flips the script where think about a, a property manager in the traditional um, sense would be in charge of making sure the leasing consultant had enough appointments mm-hmm. for the week. The leasing consultant, you know, was dressed appropriately for tours, had the, a good closing ratio, all those things. And then yeah. their own job, the property managers typically manage renewals as well. Maybe if they had mm-hmm. an assistant manager, they would handle that. AR, so accounts receivable, and then yeah. dealing with the, the service and maintenance teams, making sure, walking the property, making sure it looks good. It, that so that, that was all on the property manager. So now that we've segmented it and everybody has their hyper focus, mm-hmm. sales is sales. There's a director of sales, in, engagement. Mm-hmm. There's a director of engagement to, you know, ensure that those policies and procedures and accountabilities are being mm-hmm. um, managed well and the person's happy and they have the capacity to, and then there's the service team and then there's a director of service and then there's the service managers I alluded to. And 
they have this phenomenal transparency amongst each other, but they're colleagues. Mm -hmm. There isn't that pressure to be the big, you know, I'll never forget. There would be meetings where only, you know, with um, like if it was a third party management um, contract, like Mm -hmm. at Village Green and the asset manager from some massive bank, right. would come into town, (laughs) only the property manager and the corporate team and the poor property Mm -hmm. manager would have to explain, you know, every, discrepancy on on the books and the product. I mean, just every P, like the four P's, people, price, product, and promotion, that person was responsible to respond to somebody. That's a lot. Wow. It's a lot. And you're absolutely right. Like just talking to property managers, looking at property manager groups, the level of stress uh, on a property manager or anyone in the industry is just so absurd. And you, they have pressure from the resident side of things. They have pressure from the corporate side of things. They have pressure from the asset manager or the owner. It's like all condensing on them, like from all directions. Yep. So, no so I'm curious for those <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Absolutely. sound super appealing for career path. <laughs> no, and- and that's why, uh, from last I looked at the uh, turnover in the industry, I think it's right now at least 30%. Like it is high, it is high, high turnover. So a tri-cap, so looking at those like three segments, so like sales, engagement, and service, where does the typical property manager fall into that? So I assume like on the engagement side. Yes. So for your engagement managers, like what are they responsible for? So that handoff, so making that move mm-hmm. in day, great. Uh, mm-hmm. Any issues that arise? So, if, you know, noise complaints mm-hmm. still happen, you know, and everybody was at home this last year. So some neighbors yeah. had to get used to seeing their neighbors more. Yeah. And But they do not do AR. We have an AR manager. Mm-hmm. She's the bomb. She's amazing. Oh, wow. So she handles the delinquencies. And, mm-hmm. you know, any of the notices for lack mm-hmm. of payment. So they don't do that. So engagement truly is engaging with their residents. So they're responsible for communicating to their resident. And it's not just, hey, mm-hmm. the water's going to be shut off at two today. Mm-hmm. They have to be more creative where that's where I yeah. help them to step in, give them some kind of cool designs to put on their portal, um, mm-hmm. help them with some messaging if they're struggling with what they need to say or how to mm-hmm. say it. And and then when notices, so they do handle the renewals and they start those conversations months before somebody comes up for renewal. They actually, mm-hmm. our residents get a survey from Satisfax. It's a pre-renewal survey and it's to gauge like, mm-hmm. how likely are you going to renew? Yeah, And that is something our engagement managers live by. So unless a person decides to be anonymous, which they can, mm-hmm. then you're like, I have a feeling it's so-and-so. But so then yeah. they engage with their people coming up on notice. And, and then there's kind of the interview. Like if somebody does give notice, what could we have done mm-hmm. differently? Why, obviously it would start with, why are you moving? And, you know, they, if there is something that we did or could have done better, and it's usually just Mm -hmm. due to lack of communication, uh, the person 
was upset but didn't really say anything or maybe they yeah. went on google or apartment ratings and stayed anonymous and just said mm-hmm. you know i don't know property <laughs> sucks <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> when you stay when you have that you know anonymity you you choose to mm-hmm. it's more of a vent eventing yeah right and you're you're not really wanting a solution it gives the engagement managers mm-hmm. an opportunity to engage this person to mm-hmm. fix their issues. Most of 90% of the stuff is totally fixable. It's a breakdown yeah. in communication. They had something broken in their apartment, but didn't put in a work order. Uh, they mm-hmm. didn't like their neighbor. It's like, okay, we'll transfer you. Well, let's go to the other yeah. side of the property. So yeah. it's funny engagement. They should almost be called communication managers. too. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you say that. So for us, we look at so much data on our platform on different uh, parts where residents like, interact, whether it's Google reviews, Facebook reviews, and then internally as well. And of all the analysis we've done, we found that like in 75 to like 90% of situations, every issue is a communication issue. Like you just said, the resident thought they put in a work order, but it actually did not. Or the resident wanted something, but maybe they didn't emphasize it enough. So they are unhappy, but never expressed it. Or the property manager, they said X, but the resident like heard like Y. Totally. And when we look at like the properties that have like the highest resident satisfaction scores, one of the things that shot up to the top of the list immediately was over communication. So how many emails uh, the site team sent out to residents? Properties that send two plus per week <laughs> had the highest resident satisfactions versus the ones that send out communication maybe like once a month or a little bit less. And it was, it's very, very, very clear. And I think for property managers, some of them think that they are an annoyed resident with overcommunication, which is like absolutely not the case at all. Because half the time people are like, oh, I didn't get that email. And it's because they actually did not. So you really have to overdo it. Yeah, agreed. And on yeah. multiple so it's channels. Very interesting that you guys have found that. Yeah. So looking at the results and what have been some of the initial results you guys have seen and how long has, have you, uh, how long since you guys made this change? So they were officially in new seats in September of 2020. Mm -hmm. So not even a year yet. And Mm -hmm. the, the biggest result that's measurable is our turnover. Mm -hmm. We've had, I, I think we've had two engagement managers turnover and one, uh, you know, good problem. Uh, people have children. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. okay. you know, so it was like, it wasn't, you know, cause of the role, uh, hopefully they yeah. come back. And then the second was funny. A, a teacher initially wants to go back mm-hmm. to that possibly, mm-hmm. um, but is interested in the for sale side. So, the conversation almost turned to, well, do you want to go to sales manager? Because yeah. again, their colleagues, their peer level, their sales managers and engagement managers mm-hmm. are the same. Mm. So it's, oh, wow. I, I think in our industry too, there's this perception. I remember being pressured like, well, if you ever want to get, move up to corporate, um, mm-hmm. you've got to become an assistant manager, then a manager, then a regional. But no, when I knew that marketing and sales was my path, 
Um, mm-hmm. Village Green at the time was my employer. They adjusted to that and they created a phenomenal growth plan for the sales yeah. team so that they could, they didn't have to go over to the operation side. Mm-hmm. And that's still the case today there. It's pretty spectacular. So again, you just have to find the right company that has that, those various paths. And sometimes you don't know that something's not a fit until you're, mm-hmm. you're burnt out. You're, yeah. we, we use a company called Culture Index here. And mm-hmm. there's a line where your battery, you, you're using up too much battery to get something pretty basic done. It, mm-hmm. It's a, it's an indicator that you're, it's too much. You're, you're, you're willing, you're doing the job. But you don't, it's, it's taking every bit of you to do it because you're not in the right seat. And that can vary throughout the year. We all have different times of year where it's super stressful. So, you know, you're going through hyper growth. So for us, you know, our Mm -hmm. acquisitions team, they're busy. They're probably really stressed out. And this would be a good time to see like, but is their battery running low? Mm -hmm. Because they're... They're like maybe considering like, am I doing the right thing? So yeah. we're fortunate enough to be at a company where we um, we test throughout the year and we don't have just one year evaluation. We are evaluated with our supervisors every mm-hmm. quarter and the conversations wow. are actually really cool. It's not, you know, you're for like the sales team, you're not hyper-focused on closing ratios, you know, because mm-hmm. that's that's so arbitrary to say because everybody's properties are different and mm-hmm. there are different markets and they're at different states throughout the year. They could be, you you might have two tours at a property if they're 99% occupied, like you're not driving yeah. traffic to something you don't need to, right? And yeah. then on the engagement side, they are definitely held responsible for those Mm -hmm. engagement scores related to surveys and resident satisfaction. Mm -hmm. But overall, as the director of marketing and communications, I oversee our reputation as a whole. So long story short, it's, it takes a village. (laughs) You know, it's a cliche. Nobody's alone in what they do, even though they have hyper-focused job Mm -hmm responsibilities uh that don't require them to wear i hate i hate that like oh multi-family hats. property managers wear so many hats like yeah. and, and, and it and doesn't it really doesn't have to be like that <laughs> and to hire somebody who thinks that they need to lead it like into a conversation like i'm able to multitask that's a red flag actually to us at tricap that means that their battery is low they're not mm-hmm. able to do one thing very well. They have to do mm-hmm. a lot of things to sell. Yeah. So I think what's interesting and something that I've really become a strong advocate for is resident experience is really, really important, but staff experience is also so important. Like if mm-hmm. your site teams or even your corporate teams are, if they don't have the best experience, if they are burned out, if they are stressed out, that's going to translate directly to what your resident experience feels like from the resident side. So all of those things are so connected in so many different ways. So it's so cool to see that you guys are really um, bringing the staff experience up to the same level 
where everyone else is right now just focused on the resident side of the experience. And there's a so lot. outside of like, oh yeah. Um, so outside of like turnover, like have you guys done any like surveys with your teams to see like what what the experience is, how things have changed with this new focus and what does that look like? Oh yeah. We host state of the companies mm-hmm. once a quarter and we host town halls where it's just an open mm-hmm. forum. And our most recent one, really we did hone in on this was a crazy cool idea, but that doesn't mm-hmm necessarily mean every facet of the change that we made in September is working. And what I love about TriCap is that we have this, we're sitting in a town hall with our CEO and he's Mm -hmm. taking in all of this and it's, there's a retribution. People can be open and honest about what's working and what's not and what's the solution. And then we, we, we fix it. We fix it as a team. Is it a market specific thing that's frustrating Mm -hmm. that person in their seat Um, with it being Mm -hmm. virtual. So sales and engagement are 100% virtual. So our only boots on the ground are the service team. So we really got to take care of our service team because they're They're the face. So with the resident, you know, they go in to do a work order. Um, If you, and you know, a lot of us that have worked on site, you end up becoming like a therapist too. Then they tell you like, mm-hmm. I, you know, they tell you what's going on. And especially during COVID people, they craved like human interactions so or service team. It would mm-hmm. take them a little bit longer to do work orders because, well, they wanted to give good customer service. So then they get behind. Yeah. So not everything worked out perfectly and not every market is totally appropriate for our structure. And that is something that we're mm-hmm. working on. Uh, but at least we're, we're not, so we're not stuck. We're like, funny enough, we, we don't stick maybe long enough. Sometimes we pivot fast. Yeah. And if you're yeah. not good with change, then TriCap is definitely not the company for you. We mm-hmm. are, we are testing different things all the time and we're pivoting all the time to make sure that our teams yeah. are happy and our residents, first and foremost, the customers are happy. Mm-hmm. And the surveys that we do internally and externally, some of the markets that when we did this, I think they assumed it was only for COVID because everybody mm-hmm. was at home, right? So there are some markets that in resident, we call it tapestry. They're, they yeah. They have always rented in the traditional model where you you're ticked off you storm down to the office right and mm-hmm. that's just is what we talked about we know that isn't productive from a communication standpoint mm-hmm. it's lay out the issue first maybe that's via email maybe that's through a work order and then let yeah. the conversations it's almost like the resident needs to just get it out and they feel a little bit better yeah. they it's, it's like, like, it's like cool yes. off a little bit <laughs> so it's call it you know, it's a cathartic experience for them. But yeah. those poor property managers in the traditional setup were getting yelled at a lot. And that's hard to, that that takes mm-hmm. a, an emotional and physical toll on people. And for what, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we're not saving lives here. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. More service experience. And so they've gotten mm-hmm. really good and giving a good customer service experience, albeit virtual, they they yeah. 
they can hop on a Zoom call with a resident and they do all the time. Hmm. Um, we use a service called Whereby Rooms so that nobody has to download apps or anything. Um, mm -hmm. And then internally, we use Microsoft Teams so they can also use that. But it's and, and platforms like Flamingo, like you, yeah. you can communicate. There is a way you just what we have to make sure that our teams feel supported is that they don't get stuck in mm -hmm. a, um, getting lost in translation. So those communication skills need to be really on point, especially email communications. You can totally mean something else, but you said yeah. the opposite <laughs> and you didn't mean to. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm curious, you've touched on a lot of really interesting things from the staff burnout, distress, communication to really um, how property managers or property management companies need to constantly like pivot, which are all things that I completely, completely agree with. So for TriCap, like when you guys are looking at the end goal, what are the goals you guys are aiming for? Is it is decreasing like turnover, just making renewals much better? Is it resident satisfaction? Is it reviews? If you had to rank from like one to three, which are like the top three metrics that you guys look at to see that this is this is working? Definitely resident satisfaction because mm -hmm. then it just trickles down. Your residents are mm -hmm. happy. Your engagement managers are happy. Your service mm -hmm. team is happy because you just have that, you know, perfect flow amongst all the, you know, parties yeah. involved. And right now, you know, like I alluded to earlier, we are on a hyper growth mode. So mm -hmm. we do want to retain people and grow them and have, you know, engagement manager experts. We just um, promoted uh, a couple of people on the sales and engagement side to senior. Mm -hmm. uh, they're willing to uh, step in on those pivot projects, as we call yeah. Like they want to beta test new software and uh, new things. And they're also seen as uh, a team member within, you know, their bucket that everyone mm -hmm. seems to look up to. And they've got the skills. They've kind of done yeah. it all. They They can... They're very relatable and approachable to their team members. So obviously retention, but within that retention growth for the team members, um, we're a small company today, but that won't be the case in five years. Yeah. So build people now that get it or in, they love it. Mm -hmm. They, they hate to say it. They drink the Kool-Aid, but they're yeah. deploying the core values at TriCap. One being trust first. Mm -hmm. There, there are other ones, but the trust first is a big one to be able to be virtual and be like, all right, team member, I know you've got that portion of it. There's something kind of freeing about it. And sure, do people disappoint sometimes and you thought you could trust them. But we, what we try to do internally is just keep building that. I hate to say it again, but the trust where, mm -hmm. okay, like that situation, it happened. That doesn't mean you necessarily can't trust that person. And if, if yeah. enough of those situations happen, then we know that they're not a culture fit. Um, if somebody has a reputation that their other team members can't trust them, got to go. And what that means is that the residents don't trust them. So really mm -hmm. it's funny, the resident communication portion tells such, so many more stories than yeah just about the four walls that they live in. It tells the story about how we're doing in this virtual 
in, you know, set up that we have at TriCap mm-hmm. and how we're failing our team members, especially again, our service team members mm-hmm. carrying the brunt of that in-person customer service yeah. interaction. I love that. And I think uh, one thing that everyone should really like note is all of what you've mentioned, especially related to staff experience, that ends up driving things a lot further down the line. So as you have lower turnover, one of the biggest complaints we've also seen is residents hate when the site team turns over. It's like all new people, nothing they know, and it's just that constant change just irritates residents so, so much. So I love this approach of focusing on staff experience, constantly pivoting to see what's working, what's not, and then making a change. Because as you know, like real estate is known to be one of those industries where things just like don't change quickly. It takes a lot to move anything. So love the approach that you guys like take. Yeah. So I I also want to mention real quick too, before we end, um, the serving, I forgot to mention, we survey our our team members once a week. So we use tiny pulse, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, most of our residents, they fill out surveys. It's at least five to 10 questions where they can give a little more context than just yes or no. Um, But we do just, it, it's taking a pulse. Like uh, last week we got a survey is leadership aware of the struggles on site. And when we mean on site, Mm -hmm. virtually on site, and Mm -hmm. it's just as simple as that. So you might get something, no, and then we're able to respond Mm -hmm. anonymously and say, what's up? Well, let's talk. Um, We don't just take the no and it gets dumped into a chart where somebody said no and it gives us a negative score. We're we're definitely trying to squeeze out the context to really Mm -hmm. get to the root of the problem and therefore fix it. Sometimes people are just in the wrong seat. They're a culture fit, but they want to go. Maybe they should try sales because the the pressure of being an engagement manager. And yes, you're it's usually the people are upset Mm -hmm. or and and, oh, yeah, you just increase their rent. Yeah. So just wanted to notate that, too. I definitely recommend to the listeners. um, There's simple tools, even, you know, like SurveyMonkey has a free tool where you could just Get mm-hmm. a pulse from your employees. It's interesting what you'll find yeah. out. I absolutely love that. And that's one of the things we recommend, not just for staff, but for residents as well. I think one thing that a lot of properties do, they do surveys, but typically the surveys are like once every six months or once a year. We absolutely recommend pulse surveys, which is what you were referring to is get a pulse on your residents like every month. Not everyone's going to complete the surveys, but at least you've given that opportunity for them to say, hey, I don't, things are not going well for me right now. Well, things are going phenomenally. And what that allows you to do is really track things over time and see if any initiatives, changes, pivots that you do are impacting the overall like resident sentiment. So we definitely cannot recommend pulse surveys enough. It's just like such a simple way and you learn so, so much. And the best part is that it gives residents an opportunity to air things out before they take it to Google reviews, Facebook reviews, Yelp reviews. So those places where you can't change anything. Yeah, so love it. So I always end with 
what do you see in terms of resident experience or engagement three, five, ten years from now? What what are some of your predictions? Oh, I mean, I think the days of pizza parties by the pool are mm-hmm. kind of over. I think it's mm-hmm. the in-person stuff, which is coming back and we're even starting mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, they've got to be really great and yep. uh, like maybe even sponsored. I mean, I'm thinking residents, yeah. they, they, they want to be impressed. So I think people are going to have mm-hmm. to up their in-person game. Um, but I yep. think virtual needs it's, I think it's here to stay. So people mm-hmm. got used to it during the pandemic. When I was at Newcastle reside, we already had been doing it. Like yeah. they were doing online cooking classes pre pandemic that were highly attended they were so cool. I just think that virtual experience is going to get fine tuned. I think it's going to mm-hmm. become the norm and I yeah. don't think it's going to go back with the exception of again, like a blowout party because it's sponsored mm-hmm. by, I don't know, yep. like, a, like a cool brand. I, I, I think yeah. totally like I, I don't, yep. that, that's my prediction. No, I love that. And I absolutely agree. I think we will see a shift from resident events to resident experiences. So it's really how you create an experience. Yep. And that's exactly what people are looking for. And I love the aspect that you mentioned of getting sponsors. So properties have this incredible asset called their residents. They need to utilize it. There are a lot of brands that want to be in front of those people. And the second part is properties have all the things you need for experiences. They have amazing event spaces. So I think we're going to see a lot more of those. And then on the leasing side, um, I think we're going to see a lot more prospect based events. So why have an event and invite the whole neighborhood? Right. <laughs> that's free tours. That's free so food cool. traffic, just free branding, just like so many things. And then you add PR on top of that. And now you have XYZ magazine like writing, writing about your building and all the cool events that you guys like do. So I think we'll see a lot more of those. And that just plays into a lot of what you've said, which is that a lot of what property managers do has to be segmented because in order to pull off something like that, you need someone whose specific job is that. You can't just like add that onto your property manager to say, hey, we need you to do this as well. Reach out to sponsors, get sponsors. We're not event planners. <laughs> There's people yep, that go to school yep. for that. We definitely know. And yep. Yeah. And they don't, yep. they're, they're going to resent it and it's not going to be done as well mm-hmm. as somebody that has the capacity to do it and wants yep. to do it. Yep. Exactly. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I think this was phenomenal. I learned a lot. I'm so happy to see that there is a company out there that's so focused on staff experience because at the end of the day, that matters just as much as your resident experience. For sure. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jude. This is great.